Will you guys chill out? I'm trying to do a podcast. We're here. We're doing the show in today's section 312. We have a big show for you guys. Sports are back. Well, I mean, a little bit, a little back. Okay, we'll break into that. It was just fighting. A lot of fighting, a lot of kayfabe. We got Arizona coming out of nowhere, just elfing the shit out of the U.S. Governor, just coming out full force. Sports are back. We talk baseball, the, US governor. the NFL schedules, Bears predictions. We go through their schedule for the week. We got the last dance. We were going to have a Matt's moment, but he's not here. Sneedler's List, jam-packed episode. We end the show with the Ball Guy of the Week and the starting five documentaries that need to be made. Whoo! I'm excited. We have a lot to get to. But before we do that, this episode of the podcast is brought to you guys by Thrive Fantasy. Talk about it every single week. Sports are back. Thrive Fantasy. Go check them out. ThriveFantasy.com or in the App Store. They are a prop betting app. You go into their website, you sign up, you enter our code SEC312 for an instant match on your first deposit of $10. You put in 10, they're going to match it, give you another 10. You can bet overs, under point values for only the best, highest tier athletes. We're talking the Giannis's, the Patrick Mahomes. We're talking, um, you got me, I'm, I'm zoning, but... Only the top tiers. No scrubs, no rookies. Thrive Fantasy going a little off script here. I've used them. I've used them before. And I'm up. If I recall, I am up. I'm not down. I'm up. Thrive Fantasy. Go check them out. All right. Uh, over the weekend, we had some sports, boys. Uh, me and Jeremy. Jeremy was in town. He didn't even tell me. He, he, I found out from his father. His father messaged me. He was like, oh, hey, Jeremy's coming in town. I was like, oh, what? So Jeremy's just surprise visit for the weekend. UFC yeah, 249. Dude. Kicking it. It was cool kicking it with you and your fam. Great people. Your mom's frosting on that cupcake. I don't know what she put in that, but that was so good. It's love, man. That's the secret recipe. But what, what does love consist of? That's, that's what that's we need. The thing. To... You don't need. You don't need to know. It's just. Is it happiness, joy? It could be a little bit of sadness. Some Greek seasoning, maybe. Yeah. Some Greek seasoning. So UFC 249. Jeremy, you were pumped. You had a great time watching that UFC uh, 249. What was your favorite fight? Um, probably that that uh, the main the main headliner fight. I mean, that was. That was pretty insane uh, that Justin Gaethje was able to to break down Tony Ferguson like that. I mean that you know Tony Ferguson's carved a name for himself in in UFC as one of the the tougher guys to to face and one of the best fighters. And for Justin Gaethje to come in there and and do what he did was was pretty impressive. Vince, where were you at? When yeah, you I were... really yeah, I really liked the Luke Price fight. I believe the guy's name is Price. Yeah. And that was the other, I thought, really good fight in terms of just the way it went and slugging it back and forth. I mean, Tony kind of got beat up, but it was awesome to see Gage pull off the exit. Um, you know, How so about I, Nico Price's eye? But that Luke K. Price fight really kind of stood out to me. It was so back and forth until he just hit, you know, got him, caught him one time and you know, ended up finishing the fight. Uh, Luke K. did. Yeah, so the main event, it was really good. I thought uh, easily the best fight of the night. Um, the one fight, though, that caught my attention was the uh, Cruz and yeah. uh, why am I blanking on the other Henry guy's name? Cejudo. Cejudo, Cejudo yeah, Cruz. Cejudo. I wanted to talk about that fight. Yeah, definitely. He was definitely getting up, right? He was moving. 100%. He was taking the hits like a champ, right? And he, he's getting to the side of the cage to help him stand up, and then the ref comes in and stops it. And nobody, like, I, they're talking about that, but they they weren't really bringing up the point. And me and, and uh, Jeremy and his family were talking about it as it happened. His dad brought it up. No one was talking about how there was, like, seven seconds left. In the round, yeah. It ended up being waived with two seconds, I think, left officially or something. It was crazy. 
But they kept saying 11 straight blows, 11 straight blows. And it was like half of those were just kind of scraping his face, you know, like the, the ones at the end. They were just they weren't really connecting. They're just kind of gliding across his nose. And he's trying to stand up and you're waving the fight off because Henry just throws punches like furious, you know. And it's I thought it was kind of corny, you know, like he's not really catching them. He's not really hitting them anymore. And he's trying to come up and then they're waving it off. It was it was disappointing, to say the least. So if that doesn't happen, could that have been fight of the night? Uh, Cruz usually gets better and better as it goes on. So, yeah, I think it had potential for sure, you know, if he gets to stay in that fight. Now, other than that fight, the other fight, I think it was Jeremy's, uh, one of his highlights of the night was... uh, uh, I want to hear you try to pronounce their names. I know where you're you're going. The Nganu fight? The twenty. The Jarzinho Yeah, twenty seconds. Like the, that's all the fight lasted. He was talking so much shit, and then gets knocked out. Crazy. Go went from ten and zero to ten and one that fast. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's basically how Nganu was uh was saying like pre pre and post fight. He was like, hey, you know, you called me out, so I handled it. <laughs> And I think that's such a great attitude that he was—he was kind of pissed off, you know, like who the hell is this kid to call, you know, to call me out, and now I'm gonna whoop your ass. Yeah, I thought it was great for Ngannou to display that power. I mean, that's—that's that's his whole deal—is just being crazy powerful and kind of putting that on the world stage. I think it was good for everybody to see that because if you hadn't, you know, like a casual, wouldn't necessarily know how good he is, but he's—he's you know, he's really good. Yeah, he's kind of been fall like slipping through the cracks a little bit late lately be- because he because he lost the belt to Stipe. You know, everyone kind of forgets about Francis Ngannou and like the rise he came on because he was basically he basically paved the way for Rosenstrike to even you know be as successful as he was because Ngannou was kind of that guy who came out of nowhere, just big, strong, powerful dude with highlight knockouts. And that's kind of what Rosenstrike is is framing up to be, but he definitely has some work to do after uh, after facing Francis. Yeah, definitely. So overall, we we really enjoyed sports being back with the UFC. I think it was a great uh, it was a great uh, pay per view, basically for the fans out there. Everybody got what they wanted to see. They felt like sports are it things are going to get back to normal a little bit. Uh, what would be your guys' overall grades of UFC 249? Probably a solid, uh, a solid B plus. Maybe I can be persuaded to round it up to an A. Yeah, I would have gone with A minus. Honestly, in my opinion, I mean, obviously the the little blip on Friday night kind of threw everybody through a loop. But I think as you look back on it, it's like the system worked. They were able to get him out of there and you know what I mean and nobody else you know came up with anything and they you know what I mean the system kind of ended up working and showing that you know what I mean you can identify this and still go on um you know I think it was a really good sign for sports as a whole you know what I mean so I think that was kind of cool and that's why I would give it you know that grade fight night's going well tonight so it's it's you know they're back on track so overall for UFC 249 it was full of uh, surprises and unexpectancies throughout the night. You had Cejudo announcing his retirement, you had uh uh the 22nd knockout and then you had uh Gaethje winning and then taking the title off and throwing it on the ground and basically yeah. saying how he'll wait for the real one against Khabib. So that was cool. But other surprises, WWE, right? Money in the Bank, the pay-per-view. Vance, you and I both watched that. Uh, yes, favorite match and something you didn't expect from that night? Um, I would say first of you know what I didn't expect. I, I mean, I was with you. I didn't really expect Otis to win the Money in the Bank. I saw you kind of talked about it online. We haven't really talked about it together, but... I agreed with you that I didn't necessarily peg him as a guy who would win, mainly because I didn't see his big ass getting up a ladder or anything, you know, and it was kind of like, right. you know, there's logistics to a money in the bank match. Like he has to get his bad ass up there. How is he going to do it? Um, and it was kind of cool. It ended up being thrown down to him. Like ironically, you know what I mean? It, it sort of fit my whole worry, you know? So it was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. That was cool. Um, I, I would say my favorite fight, um, was the tag match. 
I don't remember. I'm trying to remember who was all in it, but I enjoyed the new. It was the new day and the Forgotten Sons and Mm -hmm. Lucha House Party and Miz and Morrison. Miz and Morrison, yeah. Yeah, I I thought that was good. Not that unexpected, but I mean, I thought the match went really well, and you know, you can see that that uh, Miz and Morrison could be a good team or a team that I think will stay together and be you know kind of a team that can last. So. I want to, like I said, take full credit for the Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, you know, storyline, uh, because I called that way before it was going to happen. You did call that. Now they're going to do like a. F- I watch. Okay, I'm going to go down the paper now and try and go two and zero in my WWE predictions. <clears throat> At Backlash, they're going to try and do what they did for the Undertaker, right? But they're going to do the Fiend and Braun Strowman in like that cinematic match and the goat mask is going to come and play and I bet that it also brings back like Luke Harper and Eric Rowan who were released would be back in a similar Wyatt family role mm-hmm. but that's my prediction uh, the one thing I didn't like from the pay-per-view though was like I said uh, earlier, the Otis thing. I didn't really get that, but I also really wasn't a fan of the um, Bailey match. Yeah, that match was a little weird. Um, I mean, I didn't really understand, you know, like why is Tamina even in this match? I mean, I I don't want to see her in a title match. And then uh, you know, and then she's getting help from Sasha, and it's like, when is that relationship going to turn? Because Sasha's so much better than her to me, in my opinion, and then just helping her keep winning, winning it's kind of annoying. Right. So, those are the biggest takeaways from Money in the Bank. Uh, but before we get away from WWE, the other surprise was that the Raw Women's Championship from Becky Lynch was in the briefcase that Asuka won. So. Becky Lynch announced that she was expecting a child, so she had to forfeit the title. And she steps away for about 10 to 12 months. We'll see what's up, depending on how long they give her off after she has the kid. But we were going to have a match moment, but as we mentioned at the start of the show, he's out saving the world, sleeping. So we're going to shift gears. We mentioned it. This is a great show. Sports are back. Technically, kinda, we don't know. But according to Arizona Governor, sports are back. He came out in a statement and said all sports could be played. NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL, everything can be played in Arizona. I don't know who persuaded him to say this. I don't know the logic or reasoning behind it. But he says everything's good to go. Will they be actually played in Arizona? Now, I know the MLB is really close to working on it, but do we see the rest of the leagues heading to the desert? Either that or uh, Florida. The governor down here, DeSantis, uh, said he wants uh, professional sports to be played here. Yeah, I think it will be nice for spring training to resume. You know, when they want to, there'll be no hiccups. But those two states are very you know, red and wanting to have these sports be played. So I really hope it happens. Arizona, the NBA, the MLB, the NFL, the NFL. I don't know how you would play just all. I don't know how. Basically, Arizona would be able to play there. But are they expecting like every team to play there? Like if other states aren't open or allowing teams to play by then or like how would we even solve that I don't even everybody plays in the Cardinal Stadium yeah I mean either that or just you know they were they were talking about it before with with baseball about the idea of just everyone playing in the in like the the spring training facilities in in Arizona or or Florida I would imagine that's how it would be unless unless other states start moving forward, which I think they probably will. I, I doubt it'll just be, you know, I doubt it'll just be Arizona and Florida that are the states that okay. so, allow everything. So I had the idea, right? Because like you said, they're going to be playing in the spring training facilities. 
I had the idea, like, why don't they use the Diamondback Stadium in Arizona? Like, all those spring training teams out there, why wouldn't they use the Diamondback Stadium that's enclosed, air-conditioned, and no fans allowed in? You'd have, you know, all the more space for social distancing rather than a smaller spring training facility. Like, how, what, how come nobody has brought that up? They probably they probably would do that. I mean, if if they were gonna if they were gonna just station everyone in Arizona, I mean, you would have to open up as many facilities as possible. So I would imagine it would probably be spring training complexes and Chase Field or whatever it's called now. All right, so let's get to the NFL and then we'll do Sneedler's list. NFL schedules they've been released. We've looked at them. I sent you guys the image. It has all of them. Okay. Uh, we can do the hardest and the easiest, or I can literally just tell you who I think has the easiest schedule out of everybody. Because I don't know I if mean, you guys. We could, yeah, we, we could talk hardest and easiest and, and whatnot. So I want to start with the easiest right off the bat, right? The Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens do have the easiest schedule. Beyond, like, maybe the easiest I've ever seen. For everybody who hasn't seen it, they have Cleveland week one, then they're at Houston. Week three is Kansas City. There's a challenge. They don't get a challenge till week three, right? Then week four at Washington, home against the Bengals, at Philly. Then at home against Pittsburgh. That could be another four wins right there, easily. So, they've only maybe lost one game to the Chiefs by week three, and then they have a bye week eight. By week eight, they could be seven and one, right? Coming out of the bye, they're at Indianapolis, at New England, then home against Tennessee, then they're at Pittsburgh, then they're home with the boys, at Cleveland, home against Jacksonville, home against New York, Giants, and at Cincy to end it out. They maybe have two to three tough games all year. Yeah, that's not too bad. <laughs> so that was my biggest takeaway from these schedules. Now, what what is the hardest schedule do you think that you guys have pointed out? For me, instead of instead of focusing on like a single team, I I think the the hardest schedules, like plural, would be the teams in the NFC North, just because of how stacked the NFC North is going to be with the Bears, Vikings, Packers, and you can never sleep on the Lions. I mean, they are getting Matthew Stafford back, and they've they've got some <laughs> weapons to use. And then I look at to the um, the NFC South. I mean, that is probably the toughest division in football where you have the Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Buccaneers, and all four of those teams could potentially be playoff teams. Yeah, I get what he's saying. I kind of looked at the crossovers, and um, it looks like the AFC East has tough crossover schedule. Um, Patriots are ranked as the toughest schedule that I I saw. Um, There was like this ranking system on, I forget what site. Um, we have the Patriots and the Dolphins is the third hardest. There's like two AFC East teams. I think the Jets were like fifth. So it's like the AFC East seems to have like some tough, you know, crossover. Even though that division is kind of a you know who knows division. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like the I feel like the Bills are looking at probably an easier easier schedule considering that they've they've done so well with the Patriots being really good, and now the Bills pretty much can take full ownership of that division. And you right. you got you got to imagine that they're going to beat the Dolphins both times they play them. They're going to beat the Jets both times they sure, play them. The Jets, yeah. And you'd have to think that they'll probably beat the Patriots. You know, you'd have to think probably I mean, at, at both times. Once, not, yeah, I mean at least once. You don't know. I mean, you never know what that team's going to be like. It's so weird with you know Stidham playing quarterback. No, it's, you don't know don't what they're going to be. Jared Stidham, Jared Stidham, the goat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's still kind of amazing that they haven't made any type of ad at quarterback, but 
Um, you know, maybe he's the guy, and that's what we, what I mean is you just. I mean, I don't know how good that team's going to be this year. They're good I, I, defensively, though, so I don't think they're going to be horrible. I wonder if, to an extent, Belichick is going to try to make a statement by sticking with with Stidham, like how everyone thinks. That's how I feel, yeah. Like like everyone thinks that you know Belichick and Brady go hand in hand. Like who's better without each other and and whatnot. Like I wonder if if Belichick's going to try to you know stick with Stidham. If they can win the division with Stidham, then Belichick can kind of throw a couple middle fingers up to everyone. Like, I can do this with anybody, not it's just my Brady. System. Yeah, it's about my system, not the quarterback, you know, stuff like exactly. that. So, before we get away from the NFL, I have the Bears' schedule. We're going to break down wins and losses throughout the season. I'm going to present the games to you guys, and you guys are both going to tell me what you think for that game, either a win or a loss. Keep track in your head where you're at, and we'll try and predict how the Bears are going to finish next year. I was, I, I was just going to tell you how, what I thought their final record was going to be. <laughs> okay, so what do you think their final record is going to be then? I after, after looking through it before the show and giving my official prediction, I think they're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Whoa. See, this is why we're going to go through game game. I want you to tell me. That's like at at best though. I mean, like the the bear. Like you want to talk about easy and hardest schedules. The Bears, I think, have one hell of a schedule. I mean, pretty much every game, every game on their schedule, with the exception of like of maybe the Giants. You know, you you could say the Bears could lose. Yeah, they were at thirteenth hardest or whatever, so they were a little on the wrong side of it. Okay, so here we go. Week one at Detroit. For me, I got a win. I was saying, I mean, I have that as a win, but that's what I'm saying. Like that, that could easily be a loss. Did you Did you see the simulation that they did? The uh, yes, I saw the simulation. The Bears got their ass kicked in simulation by the Lions. Then they're home against the Giants. Yeah, see, I, I have that as an automatic win. I, mean, oh, yeah, I think it's a win. I think it's a toss up week one. But I think they definitely beat the Giants at home. And then you go to Atlanta, week three. See, and I think that's an L. People yeah, are that's sleep- where I'm different. I have it as a win. I just I don't know how good that team's really going to be. That's what I'm saying. People people are sleeping on Atlanta, but that's going to be a scary team. I just don't think they're very good defensively, you know. And it's like those teams kind of don't scare me. O- older offense, getting older on offense. I mean, Todd Gurley's kind of walking wounded guy. I'm just, I'm not afraid of that team where it's like, oh, they're going to lose. I think it's a 50-50 game that they could easily win. And then you're home against Indianapolis. See, and I think that's an L, too. Why, though? I don't know. I just, like, I don't... I, the Bears' defense, I think, is going to be is going to be fine. I just... I'm not sold on the offense. I, just, I don't know if – because the NFL is an offensive-driven league right now, and I don't know if the Bears can score enough points with the team that they have to to compete fully. Yeah, I like the Colts draft, but I'm a little skeptical of the whole Phillip Rivers you know, thing and how that whole experiment's going to go. I mean, he, he was not very good last year, and I'm just kind of like – I don't like another team that just doesn't really scare me. I mean, they're a decent offensive line team, but – Outside of that, they're kind of, you know, they're not great in the secondary. They're not great at wide receiver. You know, I mean, they're not a great offensive team either where I'm like, oh, well, my God. You know, well, Phillip Rivers, is just gonna, Phillip Rivers is just going to sling it all over the place. Like, he doesn't care who he's throwing to. He's just going to throw it to anybody. Okay, so yeah, through. Like he had the kind of patient arm strength slide last year. You know what I mean? Where he just doesn't have that arm strength he used to have. And it's like he's kind of catching up with them. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean. I have that as a win, too. I mean, as I'm looking back at my text. I have okay, so through week four, Vance has the Bears at 4-0, and Jeremy's got them at 2-2, two and two, all right? Week five rolls around, and you got Tom Brady and the Bucks. See, I have that as an L. I also put that as an L, as I did my, you know, when I looked at it the day it came out. Then you go to Carolina. Got to win that game. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Sneak. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say that I think that they have so much kind of like turnover, new quarterback, new coach, new – I mean, there's going to be so much new there. It's going to be kind of a team that I think is not – is going to be kind of sneaky, not so good. You know, and then they're in a tough division. 
I mean, I just I don't see that team being very good this year. That you know they're going to have kind of a rebuild year this year, or kind of reboot. You know what they're trying to do. Then I think I have that game as an L, the Panthers, because again, I think the Panthers are going to be are going to be a sneaky good team. Then from Carolina, you head all the way across country out to Los Angeles and play the Rams. Yeah, that's a dub. Really, yeah, I have to win there too. You yeah. you you think after traveling all the way across country? It's a Monday night game, so they, it doesn't I mean, matter. It doesn't matter what their travel football. is. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. all you get the back to back or something. You got a whole week. You're going to come back home probably in between. Yeah, you know, not the end of the world. Yeah, and like I said, it's a Monday night game anyway, so they're they're automatically going to have extra travel. But yeah, the Rams you have a little bit of extra time there. Yeah, it's nice. You know, going into a East Coast West Coast. Then you're I home. I don't see the Rams being very good. So and then you're home right, against New Orleans. Team that's kind of not going to be the same as they have been. So being home next at or with New Orleans, rolling into town. Yeah, that's a that's a fat L. Yeah, we had the, we both had, the, <laughs> especially with the way they dominated us last year with Teddy Bridgewater. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. You know what I mean? They seem to have a kind of number. I'm not going to sit here and predict a win in that game. Yeah, you know, assuming that's that they're out and kicking. So after yeah. we get an ass whooping from the Saints, hypothetically, we have to go to Tennessee. I put that as a loss for me. Yeah, same. I really buy what they did in the in the like postseason last year, and I think they kind of found their identity of like we're going to run the football a lot, we're going to you know play smart football, play action pass, and just kind of you know good defense. And they haven't really lost much defensively. I, I think they're still going to be pretty damn good on defense. I feel like the Titans are exactly what the Bears wanted to be last year, but just couldn't do it. Like run the ball a lot, run the ball successfully. Make smart yeah, plays. <laughs> yeah, play good defense. Like the Titans were exactly what the Bears wanted to do, but couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Then before you go into the bye, you're home with Minnesota. See, I have that as a win. I do too. We just always seem to have their number at home. And I, I think that's a. Like and I think lost to the Vikings at home. And I think that's a prime time game too. I think that's a prime time game. Kirk Cousins in prime time. That's a dub. <laughs> That's a good point. So through week ten through the bye, Vance has the Bears at seven and three, mm-hmm. and Jeremy, you had them at uh, five and five. Either four and six or five and five. Yeah, one of the two. I mean, no, four and six because he disagreed with me on the Carolina games. Four and six. Yeah. Yeah. Four and six. All right. Coming out of the bye, you have to win against Green Bay at Lambeau Field. See, and that's an L. Yeah, I mean, I have it as a loss right now, too. So after you lose, you go home and play the Lions. That's a win. Yeah, home Lions, you got to win that game. Then Houston rolls into town without DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that's a win. Yeah, I have a win there, too. I think that's a team that's going to take a step back this year. Then you head to Minnesota. I put that as a loss. That's an L. And then down to Jacksonville. That's a dub. Big dub. And then you end the season with Green Bay at home, which I think is a great final game. It is, but probably now. I put it as a loss, too. I just I, The Packers are a tough team because they play such good man-to-man like on the secondary and stuff that when you're not good at quarterback, it's like it's hard to feel good about beating the team that can lock you down man-to-man. So, so after everything said and done, Jeremy had them. You said at eight and eight, and Vance with twelve and four. Is that no? What? I had ten and six. Ten and six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, I obviously I hope it's different. I I don't want them to be eight and eight because that's like the worst. That's like to me, that's the worst record ever. Like I want you. I want the team to either. Like, be really good and make the playoffs or just absolutely suck. Like, I do not want eight and eight. Yeah, unless you're in the awful NFC East, you know, <laughs> make the playoffs still. Yeah. Like last year or whatever. I think the team that won it was eight and eight or seven and nine. Yeah. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, and I hate to say it again, but, I mean, if, if things really don't <laughs> don't go well, I mean, I could see the Bears even falling as low as six and ten. I mean, with, you know, if the Lions are good, if if the Texans hang in there, you know, there's those are still going to be some tough games. Yeah, six to ten, six and ten to ten and six is definitely the window for me. 
Um, you know, as I look at their, I mean, because their schedule isn't easy. And like Nate said, they're going to have some offensive you know, kind of struggles. And if they can't get through that, you know, it could be, it could go the wrong way. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I don't know. I just feel better about I think that Foles is going to end up being the guy and that they're going to be a little different. They're going to be able to throw the ball a little better than they had before. So I hope the NFL comes back and they start on time. I hope that eventually fans will be allowed into the stadium because I'd love to go to a Bears game. Haven't been to one in a so lo- just so long. I'm urging to go back. I want sports to be officially back. All all sports, not just combat sports. But before but before we get away from the NFL, did you guys see the commissioner's uh, auction? No. He auctioned off a. NFL Sunday to go spend in his basement with Roger Goodell and David Portnoy the founder of Barstool won the auction so he's gonna go and hang out with Roger Goodell in his uh, basement in during uh, NFL Sunday weekend so I thought that was just a pretty funny story but now let's get into uh, a new rendition of Sneedler's List. You're urging to get into it. I see it all over your face as you're watching your Diamond Dynasty guys playing the show. Oh, yeah? All right. So what we have in store uh, today, uh, sticking with the TV show um, idea here, since I have zero life and have just been rattling through TV shows. Uh, I'm now on Breaking Bad. I've never seen that, so I'm watching uh, Breaking Bad right now, and I gotta say, it, it lives up to the hype. So like, good. Such yeah, a good I, show. There's a, there's a really good feeling for me, like when you finally watch something that's been really hyped up for a long time, and it lives up to the hype. Feels good. So, with that in mind, I am listing off the ten shows that are, ten uh, I believe cancelled shows, um, I might have to double check one of them, but um, these are canceled shows. Well, actually, yeah, never mind. So these are ten shows. Uh, not, I mean, most of them are canceled, but never mind. These are ten shows that I haven't watched that I would like to start watching. That is, uh, that is the list here. And uh, at number ten, I have Westworld. It's a wild little sci-fi craziness show on uh, HBO. Um, haven't got into it. Um, but I would definitely uh, like to do that. So Westworld comes in at number 10. The Walking Dead, for me, comes in at number 9. I know that the last couple seasons of it, everyone keeps talking about how, how bad it is. But uh, similar to Breaking Bad, I think eventually I'm just going to hunker down and, and watch The Walking Dead. Um, similar to Breaking Bad, I, I kind of put it off for a while. I was like, ah, I'll get to it eventually. But The Walking Dead, I do want to watch it at some point, considering how big of a pop culture sensation uh, it truly is. At number eight, I have The Strain. It was a show on FX. I watched the first few episodes of it when it first came out, and then I, I don't know what happened. I think I went to college and like couldn't watch it anymore. Something happened, but forgot to watch it, but I was super into it. It's a Guillermo del Toro uh, executive-produced show. Love him. Love the idea of the show. It's like crazy vampire things and they like it's like a virus it infects people and they turn into like crazy vampire zombie things love it need to check it out again and number seven i've better call saul it was a show i was never going to get into since i had never watched breaking bad but now that i'm watching breaking bad um i definitely want to check out better call saul also shout out to bob odenkirk go dogs the saluki alum gotta go support him as well so that comes in at number seven at number six i have brockmeyer the um, baseball show with Hank Azaria, where he plays kind of a disgruntled uh, alcoholic broadcaster. Um, that's what I've heard. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Uh, definitely have that on my Hulu list. Because you're a baseball guy. It's, it's really good, man. Yeah, I have it on my stuff on Hulu, so definitely need to check that out. So getting us started on my Sneedler's list of top ten TV shows that I would like to start watching. I have Westworld, The Walking Dead, The Strain, Better Call Saul, and Brockmire. Now for my top five. At number five, I have Twin Peaks. Um, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued by the concept of the show, um, considering that I'm a big fan of like Black Mirror and some of these crazy, like trippy shows. Um, Twin Peaks, kind of a legendary show too. It's only two seasons, and then I think there was like a third season. I need to double check, but um, 
I think the original run of it was only two seasons, so I need to just simmer down and, and watch it. But that comes in at number five. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I have at number four. It was a show I kind of put off my radar for a long time uh, until I started watching all the Marvel movies. Now that I'm into it, uh, definitely need to check out Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. At number three, I have Futurama. Uh, I've been really enjoying some of the adult cartoons of the last few years. Rick and Morty, Solar Opposites, you know, Family Guy's always been there, you know, South Park. There's all sorts of good ones. Uh, Bob's Burgers, Archer. Futurama's one I kind of shrugged off, you know, I was like, ah, oh, you know, because I was a big Simpsons guy growing up. So I was like, ah, Futurama, what is this, you know? But, um, Definitely a show I want to check out. I've heard a lot of good things about it. At number two, The X-Files, similar to Twin Peaks um, in the fact that it's super legendary. Uh, I like the horror elements of the show. Um, I love David Duchovny. I think he's great. So The X-Files is on my list at number two. And at number one on my list of TV shows that I would like to start watching, I have The Sopranos. Now, it was on Hulu. It's on Hulu right now, but I think it's going away because I saw something about how Hulu had a deal with HBO, but only for a certain time. So I think The Sopranos are, are leaving Hulu, um, so that's going to make things harder for me to watch The Sopranos, but that's my number one show that I, I need to watch at some point. So I agree with you that... Uh... Breaking Bad, awesome. Great show. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to watch Westworld as well. I want to start that. Um, what what else did you say that comment? I see, I'm a big Futurama guy. I think Futurama is just absolutely hilarious. It's, great. it's real good. I think it's super funny. I love the characters Bender in it. Bender is the man, dude. Bender's hilarious. But that Sneedler's list was brought to you by our friends at Karaoke Adventure. Do you guys want karaoke nonstop, 24-7? Well, you can do it all you want because Karaoke Adventure is the best entertainment around. You can find them at Karaoke Adventure at Facebook.com today. You know, I'm just going to go completely off script here. Karaoke in the shower. Karaoke when you wake up. Karaoke before you go to bed. Just karaoke all all day, all night. They bring everything to you. The PAs, the mics, the TVs, the lighting. But during the COVID times, everything's being, you know, virtual. You're having Zoom meetings with your friends. You're just doing Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives, Periscopes, whatever it may be. Why don't you have fun and sing some karaoke when you do it? Contact Eric Michaels. Karaoke Adventure at Facebook.com today. And now it is time for the Ball Guy of the Week. This Ball Guy of the Week, Mike Tyson, no question about it. Man says he's back. He looks good. I still wouldn't want to take a, uh, a knockout punch from Mike, but he looks great. I Now the big question is, who's he going to fight? Tyson Fury? No, probably his dad. Remember, we were, we were talking about that over the weekend, that Ty, uh, Tyson Fury's dad, who used to be a boxer, um, wants to fight Iron Mike. So yeah. what, if, what if Mike whoops Tyson's dad's ass, and then Tyson gets pissed, and then we have Tyson versus Tyson for... Fury. Yeah, then we have Mike Tyson versus Tyson Fury for the championship. That would be badass. Yeah, I know a lot of a lot of people are trying to push for the uh, for the Tyson versus uh, Evander Holyfield. Why don't okay? Because Holyfield's been training too. <clears throat> we are going to do the first ever. We should do the first ever boxing tag team match, right? <laughs> with the gloves, right? If you get knocked out or counted out, your team loses. Why Why can't we do it, right? So we're going to have Tyson Fury and Holyfield versus Mike Tyson and Deontay Wilder. Why wouldn't it be Tyson Fury and his dad? <laughs> yeah, and see that you're. we're making money. 
You, we gotta write this down, right? We gotta patent it. The, our idea. So, Mike Tyson, another nomination in the Ball Guy of the Year tournament. Mike Tyson, Ball Guy of the Week. Let's uh, let's get to the last dance. Then we'll get to the starting five and head our separate ways. But before we get into the last dance, Jeremy, I I promised you I would report back to you, right? And I didn't lie. Oh but my God. I, I'm not 100% telling the truth in this story, okay? I'm confused. So did you watch I, it or did you not watch it? Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, for everybody listening, I've, I never saw it before. You know, I've heard I've heard of it. I know the character, Jim Carrey, all that, you know. I get. I, I didn't really understand the principle. I didn't know that it was Miami Dolphins and, like, NFL. I didn't know that, okay? I had no idea. So, Ace Ventura could technically be classified as a sports movie. But, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, it's on Netflix right now. And I was watching it on Netflix. And then I got to Chilling. And I fell asleep about halfway through the movie, woke up at the end, but I get the principal, laces out, I get it, I saw that part. You don't get it, you gotta watch the whole thing. <sighs> okay. There's I, more to it, there's I, more to it. I don't get it, but I will tell you this, I knew the girl was the bad guy right when we met her in the movie, I knew it. I, I don't know how I did, but I'm really good at predicting things like that in shows. See, but there's more to that. You just you need to watch the damn movie. Jim Carrey, one wacky guy, right? Oh, isn't that great? <laughs> he is a perf- He's a great actor, phenomenal actor. He has a talent, a gift, whatever you want to call it. He's very good at his craft. Very wacky guy, though. Yeah, well, that was like... That was sort of like the his like peak wackiness was really like that first year that he was in the public in the public's eye. Like in nineteen ninety four he had he had H. Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and um uh, blanking on on what the third movie was, but he had he had three like incredible movies the right away. Uh don't oh, don't remember. But either way, like he had he had these three movies right away in 1994 which turned him into a movie star but those were really like the more wacky movies i mean he was sure he was still wacky in some of his other movies but that was kind of like peak wackiness was his first year in 94 so ace ventura pet detective now let's get to the last dance i have not watched episode eight yet i watched episode seven so jeremy you're gonna take the lead what what was your highlights from this week's two episodes? Well, it was funny. Like I, I was mentioning it to my my parents when we were watching it. At one point, I think it was in episode eight. I'm like, you know what's really upsetting? And I I, I legit had no idea that they were that they were even gonna gonna talk about it. But I was like, you know what's really upsetting that that they've never that they haven't talked about uh, Space Jam yet. And literally, like this was during commercial break. They come back. And what do they start talking about? But uh, Space Jam. <laughs> so for for me, that was the highlight. Was me literally asking the ESPN gods for them to start talking about Space Jam, and they provided. But I didn't know all the details about it. Like they like they filmed Space Jam during, or it was like like right before, like during the NBA season. So they were like, how do we make sure that Michael's still, you know? doing his thing so he was like well i need michael told disney he was like i need a place to hoop you know while we shoot they're like i bet we got you so they built him like this huge facility with like a weight room and a giant court and he would have these tournaments with like all of the nba's best would come to this space jam facility and they would just hoop all day long and that was after i think it was reggie miller brought it up he was like, I don't know where he got the energy because Michael would film like all day and then still hoop with all these guys for hours and then wake up the next morning and do it all over again. Is this all in episode eight? Yeah. Yeah, see, I had just started it. I've been super busy. 
crazy with work. I just haven't got the time to watch it. I'm looking forward to it. Last yeah, dance episode episode eight. They they talked about Space Jam. Uh, they talked about the Steve Kerr incident. They talked about and they started getting into. I'm trying to remember. They, they were, I think they were getting into like his altercation with Scott Burrell, like how he used to just ride him. Like well, it wasn't even one altercation. It was kind of just their relationship and how he kind of busted his ass or whatever. Yeah, episode like, eight. Ep- ass, whatever, you know, tried to push him. And he even said, you know, I was, I knew what I was doing. I knew I was pushing him because we were going to need him. Yeah, I think episode eight, if I if I remember right, Vance, it was like more of how they painted MJ as like kind of like was he a good teammate or was he a bad teammate? Yeah, that was a big part of it. They went into the, the Nets thing a little bit at the tail end of the episode, like of the last season that they, you know, their last championship, that kind of opening net series in the first round. They touch on that at the end. Yeah, that the Nets weren't supposed to be good at all, but they actually gave them a good fight. Well, they beat them in game one, I think, at home, and it was kind of like a stunner, like, whoa. You well, know, no, they they the Burns Nets the, the Nets took them to overtime. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Took them to overtime. You're right. So it was like a really close game one, but they ended up sweeping the series, and it was kind of like a wake up call. Like, whoa, you know, <laughs> you got to take people seriously. So the last dance, episodes seven and eight, overall good episodes. I haven't watched eight yet, but from what you guys are telling me, it's gonna be great. We have our last two episodes this Sunday. 9 and 10. Is, is it official? Is it 9 and 10? Or are they going to space it out and do 9 and then next week do 10? No, they're they're doing 9 and 10. Yeah, they're doing 9 and 10 on Sunday. So 9 and 10 and then it's done. We don't have another thing like that to look forward to until maybe the Kobe doc comes out. Something we can watch there. Well, I'm excited about, about the... the summer. I'm excited about the 30 for 30 with uh, Sosa and McGuire. Yeah, I saw that too. I mean, I am excited about that one. They're doing a Lance Armstrong one that I think will be interesting. And I know it's not one of the main sports, but... All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, boys. All right. Because we keep getting into it, we're talking about now the starting five to end the show documentaries that need to be made, right? So, Jeremy, since you're uh, over there looking eager and ready... I'm thinking of a number between 8 and 45. 23. Shout out to MJ. That was indeed the number. So do you want to go first, second, or third in this snake draft? I'll go first. Okay. Vance? You know me. I'll go last. You suck. You suck. You ain't first, you're last. All right, starting five documentaries that need to be made. Start it. All right, I'm going super meta with it. The documentary that I think should get made is a documentary about making documentaries. Ah, you cliche. So cliche. Tell me it wouldn't be good, though. Okay. Okay, I'm going to take a completely different route than something that's going to put me to sleep. I am going to say a documentary about Kitty Land. Kitty Land? You, come on. You've ne- you were never taken to Kitty Land when you were younger? Where was that at? It was an amusement park here in Illinois. Doesn't ring a bell. Oh my gosh. Alright, so that Vance, do you know what I'm talking about? Kitty Land? Kitty Land? Yes. Like a trailer park boys? <laughs> <laughs> no, Kitty Land. Land. It was it was like a mini <laughs> Six Flags. It was at Six Flags? No, it was like Six Flags, but it's called it's in Illinois here. It's called Kitty Land. So I remember Santa's village. Yeah, hey, Santa's Village. Okay, so yeah, Santa's Village, same thing. All right, Vance, you got back-to-back picks. Okay, um, one that I've been thinking about a little bit here, um, you know, it would be kind of interesting to make one about why the uh, why the Supersonics, you know, ended up having to leave St- uh, Seattle. I just think that's kind of like, you know, speaking of like 30 for 30 type of deal, you know, 
I think that would be a good one to do because the Seattle fans really love their sports. You know, I think it was kind of a tough situation. And then the Thunder end up be you know being great within about two years. It's kind of crazy how that all went. And your second pick? Um, second one. Um, you know, might be kind of corny with everything going on, but um, you know, just kind of. I, I mean, I think it'd be interesting to make one about you know, kind of this whole corona effect on the world and sports at large you know obviously when time goes on you know it'll be probably something a lot of people do you know but i'm just saying something that you know needs to be made in the future for sure there are going to be there are going to be so many corona documentaries and i in in our lifetime they're going to tackle every single angle i mean there's going to be the documentaries of people saying coronavirus was 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 made up there was going to be the sports angle they're going to have so many covid documentaries so for my second pick i'm going to take devin hester i think there should be a documentary or espn 30 for 30 on devin hester okay that that's it just just devin hester devin hester yeah (laughs) (laughs) devin hester (laughs) All right. I'm sure you'll get into the the Miami stuff and you know the Bears stuff and any background stuff you know, but de- just Devin Hester. All right, I and we'll like call it stuff. the like fastest or the like the best return. I don't know what you would call it, but Devin Hester. All right, I like it. <laughs> You're like I don't care. Just talk about him. Just do something. Um. So my next two picks would have to be um let's see probably um man i don't know um probably i think okay and i was just i was i was just looking at his name here okay i think a fun documentary would be um, you know how Atlanta dealt with that like snowstorm a couple years ago where like the road shut down, like they freaked out, there was like all this snow and through all the madness, Chipper Jones came in on an ATV to like rescue people. <laughs> I think that would be a tremendous documentary if like if there was like somehow they could have like footage of Chipper Jones like riding in and like if they just had some sort of way to like make that a documentary. I think that would be terrific. Would be like the Chipper, like the Chipper Jones saves the day, like documentary. Um, so that's one angle I want to go with. Uh, another documentary that I think would be a lot of fun um, would probably be. Um, probably one on these murder hornets. That's what I want. Like a documentary about like, and I, and they probably have them. I'm sure, but like just a newer one, like focused on some of these like lesser known like crazy insects that are just like that can like take over. Like there was the like Asian carps that were taking over the waters, and like now the murder hornets can possibly like wipe out bees. Like I think that that could be a good documentary. You know, I wouldn't object to the murder hornets uh, wiping out the bees since I'm highly allergic to the bees, but then I would want the murder hornets to just leave. Hey, go go tell them that yourself, dude. Stand up, stand up to the murder hornets. Tell them how you feel. So, I am going to stick with, uh, with kind of what you said with your uh, second pick in the baseball aspect of things, I'm going to take a documentary about the wiener races for the Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers. Yeah. I think that would be a good uh, documentary or 30 for 30. The wiener. The wiener races. And you, and you got to include you got to include the, the time when Rand, when, too. You got to include the time when Randall Simon like knocked one of them out with a baseball bat. Exactly. Like those wieners have... <laughs> been through a lot yeah 
Vance, you got back to back now. Alright, my first one I'd like to see something, you know, in the future with this virtual draft that just took place in the NFL. I think that'd be kinda cool. And more of like in depth with like what ESPN had to do, like coordinating it and everything and the you know, lag and things like that, you know, I just think that would be kind of interesting. How, you know, because I'm sure that had to be hard, you know, how many interviews they had going on and things. It was, you know, pretty cool to watch, too. Um, so that was my first one. And then my second one would be just about some of these, like, you know, teams that are in this area in 05, 06. Um, you know, Illinois basketball went to the National Championship. White Sox won a World Series. Bears go, go to the Super Bowl, you know, all in a really short span. And, you know, that was really cool in my life. You know, I was about 14 or so, you know, and it was like, you know, I just always remember that time, like, actually being a really good sports time around here. Right. <laughs> and even the Bulls were pretty good back then, too. I mean, they were. Yeah, they weren't bad. So those were my two picks there. Okay. For my fourth pick, I'm going to take Igloos. I want a documentary about some igloos, how people live in them, how you make them, how you preserve them. Igloos. <laughs> Dope. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go with some some music ones for my last two here. Oh, don't I, take mine. Please don't I, take mine. In no particular order, um, I would like... A documentary about ASAP Yams. I think, okay. I think he's someone that you know. You know, he, he's kind of his name's always thrown around. You know, obviously he's he's one of the main reasons for ASAP Mob and the reason that we have ASAP Rocky and, and ASAP Ferg and whatnot. And, and and he died and there's all this stuff. But I feel like I feel like an ASAP Yams documentary would be would be pretty nice to have uh, in the world of music. Uh, and then sticking with music, I was a big I was a big fan of Odd Future for a long time, and I really want to know, like, what happened. Because, like, all of a sudden, like, they broke up and, like, stopped making music, and they all just kind of went solo. And I feel like there has to be... They had, there has to be something else there. Because, like, they were all super close. They had the TV show. They had, al- they had an album, like... I feel like there has to be more, and I want to know. So that's the other documentary. I want to know what happened to Odd Future. I like that idea. Big Frank Ocean fan. Okay. So we're back to me for my last pick. My last pick, I am going to go with a documentary on Takashi 69 <laughs> I think that would be... He's making headlines, breaking records already. Like Google. world worldwide known rat and I think it would be an awesome documentary just to see everything. I mean the headlines that came out a couple days ago or today I think it was maybe that the charity denied his $200,000 donation because they didn't agree with what he's done in his life and he responded like you would rather take you would rather let those kids suffer, then let me help. Yeah, I, I, I understand their principle, but like that did seem kind of weird because he wanted to give them like two hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, that's a that's a lot of money to just be like, mm, no thanks. Yeah, right. I was like, you're crazy, crazy. So I'm gonna go with that one. What do you think of his new song? Do you listen to it? I, I have listened to it. It's good to work out to. It's good to yeah. pump up to get pumped to. But I mean, I don't. Do I think it's good? I mean, no. But is <laughs> it what dumb? the people want? Stupid? Yeah. Are you dumb? Huh? Are you dumb? Stupid? Are you dumb? Huh? <laughs> like that. I mean, it's it's making money. It's what the people want. They want bangers, right? He's not a rapper, right? He, he Takashi is not a rapper. He's a performer. He's box, what the yeah. people want. It's what the people want. He just makes bops. That's it. So Vance ended out starting five documentaries. All right, my last one here, I'm going to go a little, I mean, it's still sports related, but it's a little outside the box. I want to see, you know, maybe later on sometime, I want to see like a banana boat documentary. You know, these guys always hang out in the off season. I want to see them on vacation. 
balling out, having a good time, see how much money they spend on shit. You know, just like when they're on vacation, having a you know good ass time, being you know these rich NBA players they are now. You know, but and you know Chris Paul, Carmelo, you know all these guys. I think that'd be kind of a fun thing to see. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because before we end the show next week, we are going to break down the list that ESPN just released of its top. NBA players of all time. Top ten, yeah, I just saw that today. They released the more. 70, no, what yeah, seventy four. Yeah, the top seventy. They released a whole list. We're gonna go through it. We're gonna we're gonna go through it, and we're gonna talk about with who we agree, who we disagree. So tune into that next week in section three one two. But we are an affiliate of the Midwest Sports Network. Go check them out at mwsn.net. Go follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all social media at Section312Show. We got merchandise, Section312.com slash merch. Go find our shows. Uh, Next week, we break down that list. We have an all-new starting five. Matt may be back. And we will have Brad Coons from My Wife Put the Boys to Bed podcast, former uh, recurring guest, and former uh, University of Miami alum will be on the show. We might get uh, a buddy, AG, money onto the show. He's got this clothing brand that's possibly coming out with LeBron's people and Nike. Michigan State has all of his merchandise. They sell out super quick. The Lyrical Lemonade crew, they've gotten some of his merchandise. It's awesome. Go check it out. He's going to be coming on the show. But until next week, this is Section 3, 1, 2.